Y'all ready for the word? <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a praise report, and I want to give y'all, uh, thank y'all for last week. We have, uh, I asked y'all to, if you would do me a favor and give my book for $1 on uh, Amazon, and uh, enough of you did it. The print's not available today. This is just a proof copy. The print's not out yet. It's ready, but it's just not released. So enough of you purchased the book that it made a bestseller list, and it has been a bestseller all week. All right? It's not going to be that price long. <coughs> Actually, it's lower price even now. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. Man, I tell you, we've had an attack on our family, <clears throat> health-wise. I mean, as I'm working diligently to get this book out, um, it's, it's crazy about the enemy, but he's defeated. And then, and then we got um, my, my best friend in high school. He passed away. He died uh, sick and... and uh, and he'd been dealing, battling stuff for, for a while. And then um, my first cousin, I was just got off the phone talking with another high school friend. It was, we were talking about my friend Mike who passed away. Then I hung up, and then I get a call that my first cousin, cousin Marsha, passed away. Uh, it's just been bombarded with a lot of that stuff right in the midst of this book. You know, the enemy, he doesn't want this information to get out. And I'm not discouraged whatsoever because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's God's will to heal every single person. Amen. Amen. And so um, let, me, let me give you a positive note. The, this is a re-release of a book. Let me, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Um, and and uh, this book is actually for the next five days. It's not 99 cents anymore. It's free. The ebook is free for the next five days. Amazon only. Got a, an exclusive deal with Amazon. They, they, it's, you can only get it on Amazon. Amazon. I, ca I can't even um, give it to you by you know my from directly to you. You got to get it on Amazon. Uh, so, but it's free for five days. So if you know anybody dealing with sickness or, or disease, let them know about about this book. We bring in Indianapolis on. I want y'all to hear this too. Um, our Indianapolis campus is, is, is connected. So, so my book is available for the next five days. And I got a praise report. But first of all, let me just tell you, this is the book that um, it may not look like it, but I'm a, I'm a doctor. <laughs> doctor of theology and I did my doctrinal thesis on this book but actually before that even happened um, here's how the book came to be uh, back in the day I was on the radio and uh, I studied a guy who was one of, has one of the top radio programs of all time he's long passed away his name is Earl Nightingale not a minister but uh, just like a motivational speaker and he he had a five-minute program 
Now, my radio program was 15 minutes, and I'm trying to figure out, because I'm used to, used to, at that time, I, I ministered a lot longer than I minister now. But um, this was um, a 15-minute radio program, and I ministered an hour, and like, how am I going to teach something in 15 minutes? It was daily for 15 minutes. So I studied this guy because he had a five-minute program. And almost everything he said was a highlight. And I'm saying this for a reason. And I said, man, he had everything. Everything was tight, man. So I studied him to try to figure out how to do that. And the Lord helped me. And what I did is I, I wrote out everything. And I did a series, different series. But one of them I did was on healing. And I wrote out everything. And I just read it with a microphone in front of me for my radio show. To, to, to record, and that's, what, and that's what we aired. So after it was all done, you know what, I had a book. So I, I put together a book, and then when it came time to give a doctrinal thesis, guess what I gave him? My healing book. And then in 93, no, 2013, we came out with the first edition. But then once I discovered grace, Praise God. I took the, the law out of it. I took it off the shelf. And once I, I had a, a better understanding of the gospel, I re-released it, and here it is, just one, one week ago. And uh, so it's doing re really, really well. And so um, encourage people to get it for five days. It's free. Now, the testimony, somewhere in here I've got my message. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. I do have a message for you today, and um, I want to talk to you about, about prayer. If not, it's in my heart. I can teach it without these notes. Actually, I don't have, have but. When the book was out before, prayer in the new covenant. Okay, it's in alphabetical order. That's okay. I don't need it. So, all right. There's a lady who read the book when it was first released. The doctors had given up on her. She was 70 pounds. Got, got down to, she, not originally, but she got down to 70 pounds. The doctors, there was nothing else they could do. She got down to 70 pounds. This lady, she's part of our Bible study that's uh, on, on Thursday nights. And, uh, Doctors had given up on her. Somebody had given her a copy of this book. She got healed supernaturally by the power of God. Got her weight back. Totally well. To this day. And it's a, a powerful. And I didn't even know about it until years later. Okay? All right. <clears throat> what did I do? Would you bring me my phone so I can... Uh, Okay, prayer in the new covenant. Prayer in the new covenant is, is it's, um, it's, it's different than prayer. My Bible program is not cooperating with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But um, prayer in the old covenant 
of prayer in the new covenant is different than prayer in the old covenant, and we need to know the difference between the two and make sure that we're, we're, we're praying based on the finished work of Jesus. Okay? Now, let's go to the first uh, scripture. Ephesians 6. Okay, now this is really powerful um, because in Ephes Ephesians is a powerful book. You start off like in the first chapter, he talks about what God did for us before the foundation of the world. That we were blessed with all spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1, 3 says, we were blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Okay? Chapter 2 talks about we were seated together with him. Do you know that's where you are right now? Seated together with the Father in heavenly places? And, and so the first three chapters really deal, deals with our position in Christ. He, he chose us in him. First chapter tells us, he chose, right, right after he tells us, we were blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's, that's before the foundation of the world. The, verse 4 tells us, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Then he, pray, he prays a prayer for the church at Ephesus. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm giving you this backdrop, he prays a prayer in, in Ephesians chapter 1 that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of their heart would be flooded with light, that they would know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in his saints and what's the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, which fills all in all. And in the second verse, he goes, second chapter, he goes on to say, and, and you are made alive, and you, or, and you have he made alive. Then it goes on talking about how we were seated together with him in chapter 2. Verse 3 says, he's able, chapter 3 talks about he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you, ever, that you can ever ask or think according to the power that works within you. And he, he prays a prayer for them in chapter 3. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the, the uh, exceeding riches of his power to be strengthened with might by his spirit in his inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the width, the length, the depth, and height that you may know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, I'm not saying all that to impress you. I'm just, just bringing it, bringing it to, to this because there's something that struck me as I read this. We're in, we're in uh, 
in chapter 6, okay? So then, you know, he goes into this, talking about the armor of God. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. <laughs> now, all that I said to you, he's saying, I've saved the, the I'm reading out the Passion Translation, which is really good. It brings some, some stuff out here. He said, I've saved the most important things for last. See, none of this stuff does any good if you don't stand. Because you're going to have attacks. As long as you live in this life, you're going to be attacked. But if you stand, you will not go down. I mean, not for long. I mean, you, you may fall, but you can get back up. Even if mistakes are because of your own doing, you can recover from that. Because you are forgiven and you are... You are loved, and God's love for you is unconditional. And as we learn about prayer in the new covenant, we don't have to beg God for anything. We don't have to try to get him to come on the scene. Thank you, Lord. So, I saved these most important truths for last. Be spiritually infused with strength through your life union with the Lord. She's not in your own strength. Be supernaturally, say supernatural. Supernaturally infused with strength. So I can spend my whole time on this, but I'm going to try not to. But if, if, I'm going to go with the flow. However it flows, you know. Okay, so be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. You see that? King James talks about, says, be strong in the Lord. Not to be strong in your strength, because it's not by human might. It's not by your self-effort. It's by the Spirit, Okay? Be strong in the Lord. You see how that's different than being strong? I can do all things. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, there's a difference. Who are, you, who are you drawing your strength from? If you try to be strong in yourself, you'll wear out. But when you rest, he works. That's why he says, my yoke is easy. <laughs> His burden is light. Oh, I got so many burdens. So many. His yoke is easy. You got the wrong yoke. Stuff can get heavy, but you got to release that stuff. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power.
flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Man, when you have on God's armor, you can't be defeated. With God's armor, man, I don't care. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. Everybody can have a six-pack. Because, see, when you go and you see them costumes they put on and they, you go have a Batman costume or whatever, and they got them, you know, the six-pack, you put that on, you got instant six-pack, right? Because that's how the armor is. And when you face the enemy, he don't see you no more. Remember the example about this is, this is you? The Bible talks about overall how we're in Christ. Okay, this is you, this envelope here, this is Christ. So if you're in Christ, remember that analogy? This is your life right now. As Jesus is, so are you. We're in Christ Jesus. So are you. Like, that's right, man, when we get to heaven. No, in this world. So put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. Oh, if you would understand that. You stop venting on Facebook about how all these people that did this to you and this person did that to you. You want this... Come on, man. Huh? See, give, give, give it to the Lord. Get your eyes off people. It's not, it's not, people are not your enemy. Now, the devil certainly uses people. One of the tricks that music, magicians use is a sleight of hand. I mean, they get you, they're doing stuff over here, but they're getting you to look at this. That's how the devil is. He's doing stuff over here, but he got you looking at the people. And if you still think, if you think it's people, the devil's going to keep messing with you for the rest of your life. Because what's going to happen is that person that you thought was a problem moved, moved away. And he just finds somebody else to pick with you. <laughs> That's how he is. And the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of, of his devices, right? Man, am I ever going to get to my message? So, um, there's so much to unpack here. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. See, if you don't understand this stuff, you're not even ready to pray. You, you, we have to know who we're up against. See, you don't even know what's going on in this world 
unless you are in the word. Because the Bible talks about what will happen in, oh my gosh, we could get into this. In the last days, the Bible tells us what will happen. Children disobedient to parents. Just the disrespect uh, against authority. You've got nations rising against nations. You know the word nations? It comes from a Greek word, ethnos, where we get our word ethnic. What is he talking about? Ethnic groups will rise against ethnic groups. And the devil doesn't care nothing about Mexicans, black folks, white folks, Chinese, Japanese. He does not care about anybody. See, all he cares about is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why he comes against you. That's the reason why he persecutes against you. He's, against, he's coming against your witness. He don't care nothing about any kind. He tried to, he's the, he's the author of confusion. He, he, he's the one that causes division. Come on. And don't fall into his trap. You're going to have these things. It's going to happen. You're talking about racial divide and division. It's not going to improve. It's going to get worse. It's just one thing happens in the last day. But who has the answer to church? Amen. And you don't, you don't have to get, you, you don't have to make the church uh, diverse. I've never done anything to try to get white people or Mexicans. I just preach, preach the truth and love people. If you love people, people will receive. Thank you, Lord. If you want to reach people, you can't be a racist. And if you have the love of Jesus, you won't be. Anybody born again? You're not a racist. Thank you, Jesus. Well, because of this, you must wear all the armor that, you, that God provides for us that you, so, so you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. <clears throat> put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. See, the weapons that are formed against you they're going to come, but they won't prosper. Everybody say embrace. embrace. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. You had that helmet fastened tight. 
because you have to guard your heart, the Bible says. Your heart includes the soulish realm. Spirit in your soul is, is your heart. So you want to, you got to protect, protect your head. Protect your soul. Recognize when thoughts come from the enemy, okay? Like a helmet. Helmet of salvation, okay? To protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Man, we need to speak that word out of our mouth. Come against the enemy, enemy's lies. Pray. Now here, here now we, we finally got to prayer here. Pray passionately in the spirit. Talking about your prayer language, praying in tongues. Pray, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. All his believers. We need to pray for one another. Amen? The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your prayers are powerful. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And the Bible says the earnest, heartfelt, let me, let me talk to you about your prayers. Prayer in the new covenant. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Your prayers work. Say, my prayers work. See, you pray and then you rest. The Bible even tells us, even when we pray in Ephesians 4, it said, be anxious for nothing. Before you even pray, be anxious for nothing. But then in everything about prayer, let your request be made known to God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, if I was just righteous, man, my prayers would make tremendous power available. You are righteous. You're righteous not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus has, has done for you in his finished work on the cross. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You have right standing with God. You are approved. You are accepted. You are highly favored. Glory to God. So you can come boldly to God's throne. You, it, it, your, your prayers make tremendous power available. Say, my prayers make tremendous power available. Don't mix the two covenants. Now, now here's a very popular thing, and I'm, I might step on some toes, but that, that's okay. God will heal your toes. This is an Old Testament prayer that we don't have any business praying. A lot of people will throw stones at me about this. Because it, it, you, ever, you ever heard this before? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, see, these are conditions. And that is a correct prayer in the old covenant. Now, we don't need to take this out of the Bible, but you need to understand you are in a new covenant. We are not under the law, but under grace. Under the old covenant, it was a system of, it, it was what you had to do. 
It was a, the old covenant was a relationship with God based on what you had to do to qualify for his blessing. But, oh, here's the good news. Here's the good news, man. Let the good times roll. We got, we got good news. The gospel is good news, not bad news. The, the, new, the new covenant is a relationship with God that's based on what Jesus did to qualify you. Oh, y'all missed a good place to shout. The Old Testament was a, was a relationship with God based on what you had to do to qualify, what you had to do to qualify, what you had to do to qualify for God's blessing. The New Testament is a relationship with God based on what Jesus did to qualify you. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. Huh? Isn't it wonderful to be able to go in when, when you're, 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 you're searching for a home and you're pre-qualified and you're not wondering, man, I don't know if I can afford this. I don't know if the bank going to approve me. I don't know. But when you go over there and the bank says, you're approved for a $300,000 house and you go in there and... Uh, Huh? You're just going to pick what you want. You're not thinking about because you're qualified. That's how we do in prayer. Now, in the Old Covenant, they, they, see, this was true because it was, based on, it was a relationship with God based on what they did. So, see, they had to humble themselves. In order to get God to hear, they had to humble themselves, they had to pray, seek his face, turn from their wicked ways. Then he hears from heaven and will forgive. And heal their land. And more, I tell you, you hear it over and over. If we want God to, to, to intervene in our country, uh-huh, we're going to have to humble ourselves. First of all, some of y'all ain't humble. You're full of pride. Then you're going to have to seek his face. And then you're going to have to turn from your... You know, I'm not making fun of anything. I'm just saying <coughs> this is happening somewhere right now. And then you leave there feeling bad. My, my gosh, we don't have a chance. Because the devil will always see that. That's the reason why God ain't going to hear you. You don't qualify. You got a little wicked way in you. The guy you spoke to your wife this morning. How do you expect God to? You might well just don't even pray. So th this is an old covenant prayer, see. What does the New Testament say? We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. We got a merciful high priest, man. So therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We come boldly. It's not a, you know, God is so much into grace, he calls his throne the throne of grace. 
what's grace? God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. And we can find grace to help in time of need. There's no, there's nothing we have to do to qualify for his presence. You know, when you get up in the morning and sleep is in the corner of your eye and you haven't even brushed your teeth, here's a prayer seminar about how to get in the presence of God. You're already in the presence. When you wake up in the morning and it feels like God's a thousand miles away, you are in the presence of God. Just open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I just thank you, Lord. I'm in your presence. That does did something to me right there. I'm in his presence. You're in his presence right now. Even you're half sleep right now. You're still in the presence of God. If you haven't heard a word I said today because you're sleepy, because you watched that movie, late, uh, you watched it at the last show, you're still you're in the presence of God. You're in the presence of God when you, was at the, when you was in the horror film, eating popcorn. Why am I saying that? Because... People have made it so complicated. These, these are all these steps <laughs> to get to the throne. You know what the cross did? It collapsed the steps. Jesus collapsed the steps. He just go right, look, you're in the presence of God right now. You're just calling the Father anytime. In whom we have what? Boldness. See, when you understand this, you have boldness. And access with confidence through faith in him. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I have boldness. I have access with confidence through faith in him. See, all it takes is faith. Here's another Old Testament prayer. It won't take me long to finish this. Look at this. Thank you, Jesus. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Wait a minute, you've been, that's, a, that's David. And even, even after David messed up with Bathsheba, you know, and he's praying his prayer, you know, God still called him a man after his own heart. Like I said last week, I'm so glad that God didn't ask for man's help in what goes in the Bible. Because if he would have had a bunch of preachers consulting with him, he'd say, Lord, don't, don't put in there, in there that he's a man after your heart. Because people misunderstand. And they're going to they're gonna think they can just get away with stuff. No. Because God is a merciful God. He wants you to know if you messed up, even if you committed adultery, you can get back up. Even if your wife left you, you can recover. Even if it was your own fault, God's love for you has not changed. There's nothing that you can do to get God to love you any less. Because his love is unconditional. People think, people just, oh man, they go crazy when they hear this because they, they think that it's going to Make people want to just run out and sin. That's not, 
That's above my pay grade. I'm supposed to preach the truth. And it's true. If you screwed up and it was your fault, his love for you does not change. Huh? I don't have to put no asterisk on what God says. And that's not condoning sin. When you understand how much he loves you, he who is who is forgiven much, when you understand that, that you've been forgiven, you'll love much. Like, how many of you know that, that self-control is pretty important? And there, there are people who are, who are out of control in the body of Christ. But it's not because they're under grace, it's because they're under law. Because sin won't have dominion over you when you're under grace. Listen to this. But also, Second uh, Peter 1 and 5 says, I'm, not, I'm almost, almost finished. For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, you don't hear this preach much. Watch this. What I'm about to tell you, you don't hear this preach much. If at all. And a brotherly kindness. Stop my stuff to add to your faith. Love. For if these, here's, here's what people don't, they don't go on reading. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who who, he who lacks these things. Now, one of the things he mentioned was self-control, right? He who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. When you understand that you are forgiven, you won't be out of control. When you understand what Jesus did for you in his finished work on the cross, how much you've been forgiven. All of us have been forgiven much. That he forgave my sins, past, present, and future. Good God Almighty. Free at last. That there's no more condemnation to those that are in Christ. That doesn't make me want to go set world records of sin and sin. You know, I can smoke all the weed I want. I used to smoke weed. I can smoke all the weed I want. But I don't want because he took the want to away. I used to do coke. I don't do coke no more. I, I never thought when I understood about the, the grace of God and I've been forgiven and what I do won't change that. Man, look, I, ne I, I didn't have the thought, man, let me go get some Coke, man. No, how can I do that? I got a new nature. Created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, David prayed that, but that's an old covenant prayer. That's not a new covenant prayer. 
See, we've got a clean heart because we've been made new creations. We, we're God's workmanship. Then he, he goes on to pray, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That's an old covenant prayer. Don't pray that prayer. That's an old covenant prayer. In the new covenant, he says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with, with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. Don't cast me away. From, no. He said, I'll never leave you. See, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them in the, in the Old Testament. But we've got the Spirit of God living. He'll never leave you. Thank God. He said, I'll, and, and, and you know what? He'll be with you in trouble. Even when you mess up, especially when you mess up, you call out to him. Come to the throne of grace. Somebody needs some mercy today. Go ahead and receive. Understand, some of you feel like that, that you, you messed up and, and, and you, you, you're, you're having a hard time forgiving yourself. Understand, receive the love that the Father has for you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. We have boldness and confidence, remember, with access, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What's his will? His word. His prayer according to the word. He hears you as soon as you pray. You don't have to beg him. Sometimes, I've got to wrestle with God. I mean, even if you look in the Old Covenant, I just learned. Anybody, anybody read... How Jacob wrestled with God. Okay, read it again. I would have said the same thing. Very interesting. Jacob wasn't wrestling with God. God was wrestling with him. <laughs> There's a difference. See, it plays into this whole mindset that we just got to try to you know, we got to get a hold of God. I mean, you know, he got stuff. He's busy, and he got important stuff to deal with, but he, un, he, he cares about the little stuff. Little things. Little things, like, like with Tracy with his Rolex watch. It's a little thing to God. And people think, oh, man, God don't care about stuff like that. He does because he cares about it. God just delights in doing it. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom and just to do things that make us happy. He, he, don't you have kids? Well, not, not don't you. Some of you that have kids, you understand when it's their birthday or, or Christmas or something. You know, you want to, if, if they want something, they see that thing in the store. It don't matter whether or not you want it. They want it, and you want to make them happy. That's the kind of daddy we got. If it matters to you, it matters to God. I'm going to say one more thing. I'll let you go. I went all the way over. Some of you don't think. Y'all know I like those. Uh, some of you can't stand them, but that's not your, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not nothing to do with you. 
the little the uh, Easter peeps. Amen. Somebody, sometimes they put them on my desk. People bring them to. Me. I, I like the plain ones. I don't want the, you know what peanut butter and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just the plain ones with the sugar and the marshmallow. It's just you know not 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 no extra stuff. They got all kind of peeps now, man. But. I went to uh, my first trip to, to Europe, and uh, they were out of season back then, you know, and um, so, Pastor, you shouldn't eat those. Pray for me. So, <laughs> they were out of season. I went to Europe. I was in Sweden, and uh, I believe the last couple's name was Kilstrom's. They were my, my host, and, and uh, you couldn't get them in the States anymore, and they were really out of season. And uh, I was just sitting there fellowshipping with him. We were about to eat dinner. And I noticed in the corner of my eye on, on a window ledge in the kitchen, there was a pack of peeps. <laughs> just sitting there in the window. Way past uh, Easter, and they had that wondered. It's like, why? I, I, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, there are those peeps up there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to ask for them, see. And they said, man, somebody gave these things to us, and we don't know why. I mean, we, we, we don't know uh, why they gave them to us. Nobody here likes them. And you can't tell me that those weren't just for me. And how many of you know I enjoyed those peeps right there? That was my dessert. Thank you, Lord. 